everybody. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. And this is that time of the year where I feel like I need to get a tattoo on my body somewhere or a t-shirt that says, it's allergies, not COVID. Because <laughs> holy shit, the August, the early August allergy stuff has been brutal. So I can't wait to be dealing with allergies and a mask and redirecting kids on their masks when the school year starts at the end of August. Because you may know that we as a district took away a week of summer because of summer lag. So we're not going to start after Labor Day, which normally I'd be like, great, finally starting early. That means we end a week early at the end of the year. But if you had to pick a summer to do it, this is probably the worst one. Really needed that extra week, but I guess not. Speaking of COVID, I want to give a big shout out to Joe Dombrowski, friend of Classroom Brew. Uh, send him some well wishes. You can reach out to him on, on Instagram as he recovers and, and hopefully gets back on tour soon. You can subscribe to us on Patreon. And a quick update for you guys. So I've talked about this for a couple episodes, one episode in particular where we focused on it and another where we just kind of briefly talked about it. But it was this idea of teachers having to buy their own classroom supplies. And we really didn't meet a consensus, and I didn't expect to. But it seems like there are a lot of people on both sides and some of us in between as the moderates, where some people are saying adamantly that they are, are not going to pay for anything and they're going to make sure that whatever the state pays for, the district pays for, whatever it is, that's what they're going to get with the hopes of saying, do you see how this isn't enough? Maybe you should give us some more funding. And others are focusing more on making sure their room, their classroom, their instruction, whatever it is, materials, can be welcoming and warm. Not that the other teachers are not welcoming and warm, of course, but getting what they need or want for their kids. And I'm not saying there's a right answer by any stretch. I think as long as there's some sort of a push for things to improve, granted, I'm saying this as we just passed, like, Hundreds of positions were cut and every budget was like cut by like hundreds of thousands of dollars for each school for this upcoming year. But I think as long as there's some sort of a push to fix things, then it really doesn't matter what side you're, you're on with that. Now, some people could argue that it's appeasement if you continue to, but I, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Not that it's a very heated debate, of course. I mean, this has just been something that I'm sure has been going on for decades, well before I was a teacher. But still, wanted to give you guys that update. Uh, another update, we had some people that said, I, I asked about the, I think the official word is recital, a recital in elementary, because it's not quite a concert, but like it kind of is, but you're not doing instruments and it's, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure. Or when you're on the risers on the stage and then sometimes, you know, for the, the speaking parts, some kids go up to the microphone and each kid has their own part, blah, 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 blah. Camcorders in the back of the auditorium is what I remember when I was in elementary school. Anyway, um, we had some people that said that they did a clown's recital and some, another one, a, a shaping up Santa one, so separation church and state, and also, oops, yikes, clowns. There's uh, someone that in second grade, the room mom wrote a musical for the class and all the songs were Michael Jackson. <laughs> this is elementary school. So I feel like in 2021, not sure where you guys stand on MJ, but I feel like there's enough sketchiness to say, oops. But hey, hindsight in 2021 is 2020. Figure that one out at home. Uh, the ones that, I'm not sure if these are common or not. And, uh, you know, I texted my mom 
So I was like, I don't remember all the years that we had a recital. And she didn't get back to me because she's too cool, I guess. Or she's probably working. That's probably more likely. Not that she's not cool. But here's what I remembered is that in first grade, possibly kindergarten, I don't know the name of the thing, but I was a son. Like, oh, you better believe I was sunshine. Like you wish you could be. In, uh, in, In second grade, I was a monkey. I honestly don't have a clever quip for that one, but I think it was something along the lines of Down Under USA. It was Australia-themed, but they mentioned USA at the same time, so I'm not sure what that means, but that's the one that the title actually stands out. I can still kind of see the banner that was hanging above the stage thing or whatever. In, I believe, third grade, I was a shark for my clear business acumen, obviously. Uh, fourth grade, I'm not sure entirely. Uh, fifth grade, I don't think there was a theme per se, but I do remember they had us wearing either cheerleader or sports jersey stuff. And I had, uh, uh, what was that guy's name? It was some Steelers jersey. I'm not a Steelers fan, uh, but it was, uh, what's his name? Number 32 for the Steelers. My dad got the jersey because someone said, hey man, you look a lot like this guy back when my dad had Franco Harris. Uh, I guess someone thought my dad looked like Franco Harris when he was younger. I kind of see it, I guess. Just because he had a beard and curly hair up top. So they gave him a Franco Harris jersey. If you're not sure, look up Franco Harris number 32 on uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers legend. And that's the jersey that I wore up on stage. You can imagine it was obviously too big and baggy, but I guess that was probably the style in the early 2000s. Anyway. Well, let's jump uh, right in to this week's Comment Hero of the Week. Welcome to the Comment Hero of the Week. When someone's being an ass in the comment section, but they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. What's going on is you failed fucking social studies. Or when you see someone call that person out, they are our Comment Hero of the Week. Yeah! Even though some heroes do call out those idiots, remember... Don't call out a comment hero in the comment section. You can't fix them, and you can't fix stupid. A comment hero of the week. Her name is Linda Ablum. I'm not sure if that's an alias. I hope it is for her sake, because the article itself was about Simone Biles. Simone Biles, sorry. And basically, everybody was dissing her for taking a, a mental health break from certain Olympic events. Not to mention, she also had some physical health stuff going on, and she pulled out of everything except for the balance beam once it was all said and done. By the time the episode comes out, I think the Olympics will be over, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to go into it because uh, Simone Biles was one of the victims of the abuse scandal that was taking place in USA Gymnastics for the women's team. That like husband-wife combo or whatever and trainer situation or whatever. So it was uh, not just verbal and uh, physical abuse, but also sexual abuse. And Simone Biles is the only one that was part of that era, that ugly era, not that she wasn't part of it, she was a victim of it. And so that was the big reason she didn't retire from going to the Olympics. It was to show people that, and young girls that might be interested in Olympics, is that you can get through this, you can beat it out, that that's not the solution, that that's not what good coaching takes, so that hopefully if young girls around the world are dealing with something like that, they can say, you know what, this isn't right, it's not okay. Admirable. Amazing. Already the greatest to ever do it. Already a big fan. But now she's also standing for something 
much bigger than herself and much bigger than just the sport of gymnastics. And everybody on social media is either praising her as they should or shitting on her just because she isn't victorious. Now, if she was saying these things or whatever, or talking about mental health, and she was still competing, everyone would be like, yes, we are 100% on board. But because it's not victorious, because it's not what they want to see, because they don't get the entertainment, because whatever, they're going to claim that she's a diva and all this bullshit. So Linda Ablum goes, for cripes sakes, she's an entertainer, people, not a hero. Didn't the pandemic teach people what defines a hero? La La Land values label this Oh, La La Land Values labeled this diva as such. <sighs> she says, years of dealing with this sport, her decision was dramatic diva tantrums, excuse, excuse is mental illness, broken people are just sad. Now, Linda Ablom doesn't deserve a response at all. As much as her underbite and shuttered eyes are charming, I thought it was great that there was a, because she's not the only one, of course, but Simone Biles' actual response, obviously not responding to some dipshit like Linda Ablum, but she just said, at the end of the day, we're not just entertainment. We're humans. This is her talking about athletes that are prioritizing their mental health. And the cool thing is like, so sad to say this part, but now former, uh, former cub, uh, Chris Bryant, uh, also came to Simone Biles' aid, well not aid, but I guess he was talking about it, saying, it takes a lot of courage. Whatever it may be, whatever she did, sometimes you've got to take care of yourself. If you're not in the right headspace, there's no way you should be on a stage like that, and I applaud her for that. She did the right thing. And hey, even with her physical and mental health stuff that's going on, she's still got a bronze medal. Even in spite of them literally critiquing her harder just because of her talent. It's like, Again, I think I use the example of if Tom Brady's touchdowns were only worth two points instead of uh, six, or if LeBron's layups were only worth one point instead of two, that kind of thing. That's what they were basically doing to her. So Linda Ablum from Wisconsin, not that you're listening, but I would recommend you. There, so there was uh, a lady, Colleen M., that said the fact that there are people who laughed at this post, they truly need a mental health evaluation. Simone, we support you. So Colleen put it perfectly. I need to say nothing else to this dipshit named Linda. My apologies to anyone else who is named Linda. A fun update. We are, so I'm I'm coaching still this year. This is now my, oh boy, fourth or fifth year of coaching football. I lost track at this point. And we were told to take a mandatory, this is from uh, Illinois High School Sports Association, IHSA, a mandatory week off. And we had that too when I was, you know, playing in high school back in the day. And so we took that week off, that required week off. And when we got back from that required week off, they said, oh, well, you're, you're supposed to take this week off instead, not the one that you told us you were going to take. And we said, okay, too late. We can't take two weeks off. So we got to secretly practice right now even though we you know, aren't doing anything wrong because we took our week off and it doesn't matter when you take it and it's some arbitrary date that the district picked or IHSA picked, whatever it is. But we gotta practice anyway. We can't take two weeks off. But fuck you for trying to screw us out. Because really, as a small school, we went to a seven-on-seven and we are seriously a small school. Seven-on-seven, that gives you someone to snap the ball and then six guys, including the quarterback, to actually play. 
and we were the only school that had less than 30 plus kids. So literally going against like every kid has two or three subs that can go in. Some kids didn't even play. And our guys, all seven of them, are playing both ways all game for each game. So naturally, they put us in the lowest bracket possible. So we play the highest bracket uh, or highest seed possible in the bracket. So really, they already stacked everything against us. And now this is just one more thing trying to keep the small schools down. So that's fun. If you're a coach out there and you've had some roster size issues, like at our peak, 21 on an active roster and actually suited up, that's what we had. Now, granted, do they all know what they're doing? Absolutely not. But that's the most we've ever had. But we've played games with like 11, 12, 13. For context, you need 11 on the field. So if you even have like one or two injuries, maybe to a key guy, you might not have somebody that can fill in. Offensive line, for example. If we only have five out of the five we need and one of them goes down, well, guess what? Someone that's 100 pounds soaking wet, you got to go in. I'm sorry. Even some refs last year, because we had to do that. We had two injuries to uh, two of our five offensive linemen. And we were like, can we please put number 32 in? They're like, well, it's not a, a jersey number that's appropriate. But I understand that, but we've got nobody else. Can you work with me a little bit, you fucker? <laughs> and they did, but that's the, the struggle of a, a small school. Well, my, my parting thought for, for this week is I was, I was listening to a, a podcast. I can't remember whose it was. I think it was Tom Segura's podcast, one of his many, many. And Bill Burr said something that really stuck with me. He was talking about how there are moments, whether you're an adult or a child, and the perception and how it's different from those perspectives, which sounds very obvious, but it just made me think because he was talking about when you're a kid, if something happens, like your parent says something, teacher says something, it could be nothing to the adult, but it could be everything to the kid. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about like, are there any like small things? Maybe it was like I just, I brushed something off because I had a lot going on. Uh, Bill Bird talks about like it's some teacher worried about paying their bills maybe, or they've got student loans, whatever it may be, or a parent that's potentially losing their job or whatever, stressed at work. And it just made me think about those small moments that I probably wouldn't even remember, but maybe it's had some huge negative impact or some huge positive impact, and I won't even realize it. And I've noticed that at least once or twice when I've had some kids that they reach out via email or if it's in the student series episodes, they might tell me how something very small that I said made a huge impact on them. And it's like, holy shit, like these small minute-to-minute moments that seem mundane they actually make the biggest difference. So I don't know if that's going to overwhelm somebody or be encouraging or devastating or all three. Who knows? But that made me yeah, some, some wisdom from, it's not a, a huge like mind-blowing realization, of course, but in terms of being a teacher, it was something that I, I really thought about from that episode. So the impact of the small minute-to-minute things that we may do truly, truly could set a course for somebody or have some huge impact, ruin a day, whatever it may be. We are always taught you can't really go in assuming anything. You have to kind of assume that someone's coming in with something, whether they're dead silent, putting a fake smile on, or they come in hot, being being rude or disrespectful or whatever. There's always something. So that just, that had me thinking. So if you have any thoughts on that, 
uh, let me know, classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on Instagram and Twitter. Again, subscribe to our Patreon if you want some bonus content, all that good stuff. And uh, until next week, for me, it's going to be a few minutes because I got to double record two episodes real quick. Uh, But for you guys, uh, I'll see you next week. But until then, class dismissed. But that's Minnesota Leo Sanchez Got a lot of land He's been on the pod It was really grand He's teaching in person During COVID Sabrina Bachman From Ohio Teaches French class But I don't remember French Sorry for my teacher who taught me French You were really cool, but that was years ago This dude beat cancer Getting real strong He posted on the gram He's a real bad ass James Biner James Biner That's fucking right, James Biner Cindy Montoya from California Lazy Teacher Podcast, that's a bad look Definitely not lazy, big time podcast man Melinda Bradley, Melinda Bradley She's from Florida, wore PPE For her staff photo, that's Melinda Melinda Bradley Melinda Bradley Classroom Brew Check it out on Patreon.com <laughs>